two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Med Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past three weeks, we had six posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. These included five new consensus statements related to cardiopulmonary resuscitation and emergency cardiovascular care, pre-participation screening, anabolic steroid use, cervical spine pain, and injury prevention and exercise performance in cold weather. In the final post, we summarized an article where the authors reported that student-athletes that report taking medication to treat their Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, had a lower risk of concussion and less neurocognitive impairment at seven days after a concussion than student-athletes without ADHD or student-athletes that reported no medication for their ADHD. If we take a closer look at that final post, we find that the authors conducted a cohort study to evaluate the association between incidents of concussion, post-injury recovery from symptoms, and neurocognitive dysfunction among student-athletes with ADHD and medication use. The authors had data on over 7,400 student-athletes that were about 15 years of age. Each student-athlete completed baseline or preseason testing between 2009 to 2019 in one of four communities. If someone experienced a concussion, they completed a post-injury assessment and another assessment seven days later. All assessments included patient demographic and clinical history, such as yes-no about ADHD diagnosis or medications. The survey also included concussion symptom checklist and neurocognitive assessment. The researchers then reviewed surveys and divided student-athletes into one of three groups. First, 167 students diagnosed with ADHD and taking medications. Second, they had 354 students diagnosed with ADHD but not taking stimulants. And finally, there was about 6,900 students not diagnosed with ADHD. The researchers evaluated concussion incidents, or the total number of concussions per total patient years, and recovery by assessing deviation from baseline to post-injury in neurocognitive composite scores. The student-athletes with ADHD that took medications had a lower incidence than students without ADHD and students with ADHD without medications. Initially, all three groups had similar impairments in neurocognitive testing results relative to their baseline testing. However, seven days later, patients with ADHD that took medication performed better on these outcomes than those without ADHD and those not taking medication for their ADHD. Overall, the authors provide evidence that student-athletes that take medications for their ADHD are about 50% less likely to suffer a concussion than their peers. This finding suggests that stimulant medication for those that have ADHD could help decrease concussion risk. Furthermore, student-athletes with ADHD on medications had smaller score changes from baseline to seven days after an injury, which suggests 
lower neurocognitive impairment than the other two groups. However, it would be helpful to see these findings verified in a cohort where the researchers can verify self-reported diagnosis and medication use. Furthermore, the researchers could then know additional medication information, such as when they started taking medication after their ADHD diagnosis, dosage, and when they last took their medication prior to the assessment. This level of detail would help ensure that student athletes get correctly grouped into those diagnosed with ADHD without medication and those without a diagnosis of ADHD. Based on these findings, clinicians should ask a patient before a season and after an injury if they have an ADHD diagnosis and receive medication. If a patient has an ADHD diagnosis but is not receiving medications, it may be beneficial to discuss treatment options with the patient and their healthcare team. Furthermore, this may be something that we need to consider if somebody was not taking medication at preseason but then starts to take medication during the season before their concussion. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice, and if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our nine online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. We will have links to our summaries and the courses on our website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.